Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are wrapping up our sermon series entitled The Amazing Race. We've been talking about Bible passages that use that metaphor of a race and comparing the Christian life to that race. We've talked about the different aspects of running a race and and how that fits with our Christian life and found encouragement in God's Word today. Let's find encouragement from the Apostle Paul facing the end of his life as he encourages us to run through the finish line. You probably are aware that in baseball stadiums around the country, when fans are in the stands, there are entertainment ideas that have been really running the gamut in all of these stadiums. Just out of curiosity, how many people here this morning have seen the sausage race at a Brewer game? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, we got a lot of sausage race people. All right, you probably, if you've seen that, I mean, who isn't entertained by watching 10-foot sausages run around, right? (laughs) But if you've seen that, you probably won't be surprised that other stadiums across the country do similar things. I want to tell you a little bit about my favorite one from Atlanta called Beat the Freeze. They found in Atlanta this Olympic-caliber sprinter, and so they give a lucky fan a chance to outrun this Olympic sprinter. They run from one foul line to the other on the outfield warning track and the freeze gives the runner, the contestant, a huge lead and then sees if he can catch them. Well, I could tell you more, but maybe I should just show you an example of beat the freeze. I'm not sure what's more impressive, the speed of the freeze or the belly flop slide that the guy did trying to make it to the finish line, right? Got a little overconfident, started getting the crowd involved, and maybe that's why they tell runners to run through the finish line. Maybe it's not enough just to make it too close to the end, and certainly from a spiritual point of view, we want to make sure that we run all the way through that finish line and into eternity. That's what the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to think about in these words from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. As we hear the Apostle Paul's words today, let's run through the finish line with him, noting the two things that Paul talks about. First of all, by keeping the faith, but then secondly, by looking ahead to eternity. The Apostle Paul was imprisoned for the second time in the Roman Empire as he writes these words. And it becomes apparent as you read through the four chapters of 2 Timothy that this situation is a little bit different than the first time around. His first imprisonment was under house arrest. This one certainly seems to be in a dungeon of sorts. And the Apostle Paul somehow sensed that things weren't going to go well, that he was nearing the end of his life. He uses an interesting expression. He says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. A drink offering was an addition to the Old Testament sacrifices, a cup of wine that was often poured over the sacrifice that was being given. And so the Apostle Paul is simply saying that he is ready to pour out his life as a witness to the faith that he had, as his witness to the truth of God's word. But as you listen to those words, what did you sense from the Apostle Paul? Did you hear any fear 
or panic? Doesn't it seem to be the exact opposite? Doesn't it seem that Paul is approaching his final days, maybe even hours, with complete confidence? With an optimism that is infectious? Paul was completely calm. No wonder why he wrote earlier to the Philippians, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. As Paul looked at his, the end of his life, he knew what was waiting on the other side. I love the three expressions that he uses. I have fought the good fight, he says. The original Greek word is about a competition, a sporting competition. And so we might say it this way, Paul didn't sit on the sidelines. He, he was in the game. Maybe we could borrow an expression that people use today, he left it all on the field. The Apostle Paul had become all things to all people so that by all possible means he might save some. He says, I have finished the race. If he was in his last days, and it seems as if he was, Paul knew that he had done everything that he could have, that God gave him a job to do, that he could cross that finish line with the joy and satisfaction of knowing that God was ready to welcome him home. He finally says, I have kept the faith. God had blessed Paul with the ability to hold on to all of the promises that he made, all of the truths about God that he had learned, and he was ready, ready not just to die, but to live, to live forever in eternity. Do you find Paul's attitude contagious? Isn't it kind of Amazing to listen to someone who's facing the end of their life with such confidence. Don't we want that confidence for ourselves? It's easy, isn't it, in this life to get bogged down by worries, by anxieties, by fears, to let that sinful weakness distract us from the fact that we have a victory that so far outweighs anything that this life can do to us that it's not even worth thinking about. Nothing. Not one thing that happens to us in this life can change what Jesus has already won for us, the eternal life to which we look forward. And we know that that's the truth because it's written in God's word, in the words of God himself. It's why the Apostle Paul could write at the end of chapter 4, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. We know God's promises. We know God's word. We know the future that is waiting for us. So how can we be so sure? How can we have that same confidence as the Apostle Paul? Because the God who makes those promises is faithful. Through the prophet Isaiah, he wrote this, Those who hope in me will never be disappointed. God always fulfills his word. God who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. God who began the good work of faith in you and me will carry it on to completion. Those are God's promises. The Apostle Paul knew how to hold on to those promises. He knew where his faith came from. He wrote these words to the Romans, Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Paul knew to keep the faith, to run through the finish line, he had to connect again and again with God through his word and through his promises. It was what would keep him and keeps us going. The faith that God gives us to know that something so much better is still coming. I'm speculating here a little bit, but I'm going to guess, for those of you that run, if you've ever run a long distance, that it's extremely rewarding to cross the finish line of a long race. Maybe even exhilarating. 
maybe there's also a sense of relief too, right? All of the training, all of the pain, all of the preparation that went into being able to complete that race and now it's over. Maybe there's a good spiritual comparison there too, right? What a relief it will be for us to be home to be home in the perfect joy of heaven. What a relief it will be. What exhilaration when we'll be in that place with no more sorrow, no more pain, but only the peace and joy that God has waiting for us in the perfect life of heaven. That's why God wants us to keep the faith, to hold on to his promises, to connect with him again and again in his word because it's that which allows us to look ahead, to look ahead to the eternity that is still coming. The Apostle Paul knew what was ahead for him. He talks about the crown of righteousness that is in store for him. The Bible uses three different pictures for the idea of the crown that we will receive at the end of our lives. It's called the crown of life. It's called the crown of glory. And here the Apostle Paul calls it the crown of righteousness. Righteousness is that holiness, the right standing that we have that we need to stand before God. A holy God needs to see holy people. And that's exactly what Jesus has given us. The Apostle Paul calls it an award, but he understood that it wasn't something that he earned. It's not something that we can get on our own. Through Isaiah, the Lord tells us that even our righteous acts are like filthy rags. No, the righteousness that we need to stand before God, that comes from Jesus, the one who swapped his holiness with our sin. Yes, Jesus gives you his holy and perfect life and then takes from you the sins that separate you and me from God and he took them all the way to the cross where he paid for them in full. That's how you and I have the crown of righteousness. I suppose we could come up with two thoughts about that idea of the crown of righteousness. If we think about the crown being the righteousness of Jesus which is given to us that could work. The second idea would be that it's the victory that we have because Christ was righteous in our place. Either way, it ends up in the same blessing, a future with our Lord in heaven. You and I will wear the crown of life, a crown of righteousness forever. Yes, that's a future event in our lives and we'll be welcomed home to heaven, but we can celebrate that right now. We can celebrate right now, every single day, the joy of knowing that we can run straight through the finish line and into the arms of our waiting Savior. We can live our lives with optimism, with calm, with peace, with joy, always looking forward to something that's better than this life. Isn't it easier to put away fears and complaints and worries when we remember that something so much better is still coming? That this life isn't the end? but that because Jesus left his tomb empty, we will rise to live forever as well. It's the same victory that Peter was talking about when he wrote these words. In keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. We can continually look ahead to the blessings that God has in store for us through Jesus. Some takeaways from the sermon today. Number one, we can run our race without panic because we know the outcome. We have a crown of righteousness waiting because we are the ones who have longed for Jesus appearing. Number two, God is faithful to his promises. Therefore, our hope in him is not misplaced. 
Those who hope in me, God says, will never be disappointed. And God proved his love by sending his son to take our place. Finally, number three, we celebrate our future now because in Christ, it is certain. Maybe it feels a little bit to you like it's still miles or years down the road, that finish line, and yet the joy that you and I can have right now, right now and knowing that our, our eternal future is secure, leads us to rejoice every single day. A pastor named David Berg had this quote that I read a few uh, weeks ago, we can enjoy heaven now. We can have half of the enjoyment ahead of time by looking forward to it, thinking about it, reading about it, and anticipating it. I suppose we could debate whether we could have half the joy of heaven now by thinking about it, but he makes a good point, doesn't he? We don't have to wait until we actually get to heaven to celebrate the joy of our victory. We know that we're going to run through that finish line so we can enjoy the journey. We can enjoy the blessings God gives us here knowing that life in heaven is still to come. And then remember that it's really about the destination about what Jesus has won for us, that he's already got the crown of righteousness in store for us when we run through that finish line and into his waiting arms in heaven. Keep your faith by holding on to God's promises in his word. Remind yourself of the joy of heaven and rejoice every single day that that heaven is waiting for you forever. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.